0: All right, if you will, please open your Bibles, not to 1 Peter, but to the Gospel of John, chapter 13. If you've been with us, you know we've been studying the doctrine of angels, looking at good angels, bad angels. We've been focusing on the bad angels over the past few weeks, then specifically getting into the doctrine of Satan, the devil. And this morning, we're going to wrap up that study on Satan, specifically. And then upcoming weeks, we're going to talk about... Some other aspects of uh, protection against Satan, against demons, we'll do that. But for now, we're focusing still on Satan. There are sermon notes. It says a study of Satan. So far, we have looked at that he is a powerful angel out of Ezekiel 28. We've looked at how he is very prideful out of Isaiah 14 and that we need to avoid the pride that he exhibits. And so as we come to john chapter 13 aware of the fact that he is a prowling lion as first peter teaches i just want to remind you of this passage in john 13 it's one that i often think about because it is one of the most incredible scenes in all of human history it's the night last night of the of the life of jesus christ on earth prior to his crucifixion he is in the upper room with his disciples look at John chapter 13, verse 1, it says, Before the feast of the Passover, Jesus, knowing that his hour had come, that he would depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, the devil, having already put at the heart of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, to betray him. And here you see, wow, this is incredible, that the devil has put this in the heart of Judas, we don't know exactly how this happens, how this occurs, but as we move forward, Jesus washes the feet of his disciples, and then as the, he, he, they are eating the meal, he comes out and says, "One of you is going to betray me." You can pick up verse twenty-one. When Jesus said this, he became troubled in spirit and testified, "Truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me." Verse twenty-two. The disciples began looking at one another at a loss. To know which one he was speaking. They, they were reclining. There was reclining on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples, whom Jesus loved. So Simon Peter gestured to him and said to him, Tell us who is it of whom he uh, uh, tell us who is it of whom he is speaking? He, leaning back thus on Jesus' bosom, said to him, Lord, who is it? Verse 26, Jesus then answered, That is the one for whom I shall dip the morsel and give it to him so he dipped the morsel he took and gave it to judas the son of simon iscariot and here verse 27 after the morsel satan then entered into him therefore jesus said to him what you do do quickly here in this room in the city of jerusalem upper room we call it this one room are the most two powerful forces in the entire universe as much as we understand jesus is god and he is so far above satan yet satan the the chief power of evil they're in this upper room and what you must take from this and the awareness of this is he has the audacity to go into religious circles into religious places i mean this is where the last supper is being held we will hold communion next week we'll celebrate it we got to remember from that very room satan doesn't say boy that's being really religious i'm not back i'm not coming in there he went there and he worked through judas he is ravenous he is vicious he is vile and as we study him i want you to be so much aware of why you need to be dependent Why you need to be reading your word Why you need Jesus Christ in your life And it's not just a one time act that we believe It's a lifetime act Satan when he sinned He was cast out of his position in heaven We have said his rebellion brought down A third of the other angels Revelation twelve four teaches They are now called demons There's one devil but many demons Satan is a created being Cannot be everywhere at one time But like a hierarchy of a business, he works through an organization. That's what we're studying in the upcoming weeks. 1 John 5.19 says the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Satan is referred as to the God of this world. 2 Corinthians 4.4. I hope some of you have looked at that. We have looked through. Some of the lies that Satan has told this morning. As we continue our slideshow, we're going to look at some more. So, one more time, if you can get the lights, Brian can hook up the slideshow for me. What we have looked at in this slideshow is a brief study of Satan. The reason I've put him as a lion is because the passage that we've been using is First Peter chapter five, that he goes about as a roaring lion. I don't know if it was a lion or again, I like use the illustration of a tiger. Some lady was at a zoo this week. She lost her hat in the, with the tigers, with, the, with lions, and she went in thinking I could go in and get my hat. I, I guess the video's gone viral. Like, what are you thinking? We don't play games with this one. He's a prowling lion that roars. We have said he's a fallen angel. Fallen angels. Not all angels are guardian angels. Remember Psalm 91 guardian angels we said that all these names reveal his character we must remember satan means adversary devil impish one one that is like a problem a pain in the side he is evil he's a father of lies he is pictured as a dragon in revelation 12 he's the serpent of old we'll be in revelation 12 to see that passage this morning we must remember he is the prince of the power of the air he is one that controls our world And so we watch, and we watch things that happen in our world that we just can't believe are going on. And we say, how in the world could people call evil good and good evil? We're seeing, I believe, that Satan is becoming more powerful than ever before. He's wicked. And as we talked about, he is the morning star. So what we started looking at last week, we looked through five lives of Satan, liar, liar, pants on fire. And this morning, we're going to look at Five more. And as I said, I'm going to give you the verses. You need to pay attention to these and then recognize where even some of the answers are. Number six lie is that you cannot trust God's word. Here's a book that came out, it's a popular book um, in non Christian circles. The Bible is true, but it's not the truth. You should all know Genesis 3 Adam and Eve are in the garden. Eve is in the garden. Satan says to her, God indeed has God surely said, and then when he comes back and he says, you shall not die, the serpent, who we know is Satan, it's an attack upon God's word and that will continue throughout the Bible. Jesus will be even, Jesus will even have in his temptation in Matthew four, where Satan will bring up the scriptures and then he twists it. So this is a lie that you cannot trust God's word as it's clearly understood. You cannot trust God's word in all kinds of different forms twisting and manipulating it and here is my here is my plea to you you need to look at the word of God as precious this is why I beg you to have your own reading patterns plans your own memorization of scripture if you do not trust God's word rejection of God's word brings judgment and darkness spiritual famine is at its worst worst, um, when you disregard God's word and nothing but judgment looms I mean There's the reality. Adam and Eve, they died. And, you know, you think one little statement. You shall not eat from the fruit that's in the tree of the garden. Wow, God's going to let all the sin that we see, all the devastation come out. Well, yeah, it opened up, as they say, like Pandora's box. I mean, that from a perspective. It brought nothing but darkness and judgment and all the problems. All because... They didn't, reject, they didn't accept God's word and implement it. Number seven, Jesus is not the eternal God. And this is a video on YouTube. This is the head that you can watch. Jesus Christ is not God. And when I put up here eternal God, we talked about this, and I mentioned this in Sunday school a couple weeks ago. I talked about the angels not being eternal. I meant that in the aspect of the angels are created beings, and they will live for eternity we live for eternity but when we talk about eternal god i'm talking about from eternity past jesus is god who came in the flesh and you have got to understand that yesterday i had people come to my door representatives of the jehovah witnesses we went through this and went through this and they vehemently de- decreed that he is not the eternal god they believed that jesus was a man who became a god that's what they even said yesterday that is not what we believe. We believe that Jesus was God who became a man who died to pay the penalty for our sins, okay? You do not believe that. If you do not understand that Jesus is God, he proved himself to be God. He has to be God to pay for sin. And when it says in Romans 10, what must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be saved. Um, I don't think that's a passage from there. Um, escapes me right now. But on, on the idea of, We we have to understand when we confess Jesus as Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead Jesus himself has said unless you believe that I am in John 8 24, you will die in your sins. Okay, so um, This is a book quote from the book of Acts. What do we have to be? um, What do we have to do to be saved? We have to believe on Jesus We have to believe on him in the fact that he is the Lord he is the Lord. You cannot get to heaven unless you believe that Jesus is God. Every, most most every false Christian sect will some have some twist of the fact that Jesus is not God, but he is God. Number eight, being good gets you to heaven. It's interesting when you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11, talks about how Satan comes as an angel like his his workers come as angels as light but it says specifically in second corinthians 11 they come of angels of righteousness and and it's and all of this together with ephesians chapter two that talks about we were dead in our trespasses and sins where we were under the control of the prince of the power of the air where satan controls it it's ironic to me that in ephesians chapter two where we're taught that we're saved by grace through faith it's not of ourselves not a result of works That it's in that very passage that talks about the world is controlled by satan that god makes it very clear It's not by good works that we're saved and it's by god's Giving us life, but but most people here's just statements that I found on the internet Where people I believe in good people in spite of everything I still believe that people are really good at heart I was watching a tv show this week and something bad happened in the show where a guy was beat up by a bunch of bullies and then the bully came back and 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 said, "Will you forgive me?" and the guy said, "Oh." You know, once he once he forgave him, he said, "Man, that really reinforced my reinforced my belief in the goodness of mankind." <sighs> Let me tell you, that bully really only apologized maybe because he was feeling some sorrow or something. The goodness of mankind is non-existent. Romans chapter 3, there's none who do good, there's none who seek after God. And and Satan wants to over and over and over emphasize this through his his servants of righteousness, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, that, that their righteousness will get them to heaven. But only the work of Jesus gets you to heaven and escaping hell. Man's sin, okay? The penalty is death. The wages of sin is death. Only Christ gets you to heaven. Your good works do not get you there. And so... You know you go around you talk to people all the time you say why do you think you're going to heaven because i follow the ten commandments because i'm a good person that is all part of the satanic lie that's out there you know again i wish people could see eternal death see the flames and understand that the only way to get there is through christ and people would embrace him may we be people who embrace it and understand the reality number nine the lie that it does not matter how you live only that you believe. In James chapter 4, it's fascinating that James is calling people to stop being hypocrites, adulterers with the world, and he talks about going to humility. James chapter 4, and when you humble yourselves, who resist who do you resist but the devil? And I find it very fascinating that he's talking to people in the church who profess to be believers and here often taking off i think of pinocchio the idea that you know people say oh i'm a believer but my actions aren't changed well the reality of it is true believers are repentant inside because we're born again on the inside the bible talks about repentance to turn from sin and you turn to salvation john the baptist jesus paul all teach the gospel contains repentance it's all, it's very clear and and the fact that you turn from sin and when you do that and something inside happens you are born again john chapter three jesus said unless a man is born again he doesn't go into the kingdom of god it is because we are born again that it's not just i'm giving you a list of things to do when i i realized this early on whether i was a pastor or even as a parent that I could get my kids to recite verses, and if I needed them to pray with me, and do certain things, you know, every morning of the day, they would do it, but if you pull away, and you're no longer influencing your children, or no longer influencing the church, do you do this because it's in your heart, that's what a born-again person does, it's because it's who we are, it's where we've gone through that change, and I'm praying and thinking about doing another study of 1 John, the signs of belief, so that you know that you're on the road to salvation. Satan has so many people in the church deceived because they are thinking that they're saved and they're okay when in actuality there's been no life transformation. And I'm telling you, make sure you're born again. The book of 1 John, start reading it now on your own. It goes through all these tests of whether you are born again. Satan has that lie, has all these people falsely thinking that they are born again. Number 10, you can bend God's word based on your situation. One of the best passages in the Bible with this proof is Ananias and Sapphira from Acts chapter 5. These were two people, and this is the husband. This picture is a man who is pretending to, to like profess something but crossing his fingers behind his back. It's the picture uh, in Acts chapter 5 where Ananias and Sapphira were a couple and they were giving the sale proceeds from land that they had sold to the church others were doing it they went along and when they were asked is this everything that you're giving are you giving everything in essence of what your sale is they came in at different times and said yes for whatever reason they felt in the right situation it was perfectly appropriate to lie and and so they would bend god's word yeah we're giving we're giving to God and we're doing you know what is right but in actuality they were lying and it's interesting if you go back and you check Acts chapter 5 it kind of slips in there what is the challenge I think it was Peter who said it to him why has Satan filled your heart it's it, it's it's fascinating for the sake of time we're not going to go there but it's Satan has filled their heart God's judgment is impartial you cannot twist the word of God. You cannot twist things and make it like, oh, you know, I, I, you know, it's better obey than to do sacrifice or something like that. to Try to do something to twist that make it look like you're religious. God wants genuine truth, genuine truth from the heart and from his word being applied. So Satan works so much to get his lies out there. And like I said, if you need these slideshows, if you didn't catch the first five lies, see me, email me, I will get them to you. Please get the lights. And what I want to do is as we move forward, we're down to the third part of our study. And he is currently at work with these evil deeds. And I want to go through five evil deeds that he, he is active in. Turn in your Bibles to the very for the very first one in the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation chapter 12. And when I talk about evil deeds, fill these in. These are things that he does that we can see scripture... That talks about what he is doing now, all right, and it's going to tie in a little bit to the lies, okay. Um, in Revelation chapter twelve, there's this interlude from ten to fifteen where we get a big picture of like what has happened in human history. Some of that aspect comes out, and the very first deed that Satan is doing that you may not be aware of why is it evil is number one he is accusing the brethren he's accusing believers to bring upon judgment upon them and it's evil because he's constantly trying to get accusations whether they be i believe false or genuine to bring about some type of discipline some type of god's active in the activity in their life this is similar to what he did with job and job chapter one and two and all the devastation that came upon job and, and obviously, God is the one that brought Job up, but as you look at what Satan continues to do is he just continues to accuse and accuse and accuse. So Let's pick this up um, and see how Satan is mentioned. In verse 3, another sign appears in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns, and on his head were seven diadems. And his tail swept away a third of the stars of heaven. And threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth. So that when she gave birth, he might devour her child. I believe that dragon is Satan, who is, was trying to kill Jesus Christ. Verse 5. and um, Speaking of Mary and the picture of representative like of the nation of Israel. Verse 5. And she gave birth to a son, a male child, who was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and to his throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God. So there she would be nourished 1,260 days. This I do see as the second half of the tribulation, okay? Verse 7. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his archangels waging war with the dragon. The dragon and his angels waged war. And they were not strong enough. And there was no longer a place found for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down. And here where it gets explicit... The serpent of old. This is how we explicitly know. We know it's mentioned. I believe in Isaiah, or, and uh, excuse me. We know he's mentioned in the Old Testament. Is either Isaiah fourteen or Ezekiel twenty-eight that he was in Eden. But here's where you know the serpent from Genesis three was clearly Satan. So verse nine. And the great dragon was thrown down, and the serpent of old, who was called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world, he was thrown down. Okay. Um, and his angels were down were were thrown down with him then i heard a loud voice in heaven saying now the salvation and power and the kingdom of our god and the authority of his christ has come for the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down he who accuses them before our god day and night it's a regular activity of his he is trying to constantly bring blame on you so that when you are doing things in secret and you think that you're getting away from it, maybe his hierarchy of demons are there and they see it and they report it up and somehow it gets up to him. It would be horrible, however, this is played out to think that there's like a report on you and Satan's like, you've got to do something about Mike or you've got to do something about you fill in your name. Satan is doing this day and night. I don't know how this operates. I just know it's happening and you need to be aware this is why you cannot get away with anything you think that you get away with things and you don't i don't get away with anything it's terrifying second thing he's constantly promoting spiritual lies turn to we're going to t- two passages second chapter ephesians ephesians chapter two galatians ephesians philippians galatians okay This is the passage I was alluding to earlier. So not only does he accuse the brethren, but in Ephesians chapter 2, it says, speaking about our salvation, the Apostle Paul, in writing about our position in Christ, he says in chapter 2, verse 1, you are dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. He... We believe Satan is the prince of the power of the air. He controls, as we even said this week, I think it was Carl who said he controls the airwaves. Whether it's the media, you know. I think it's more than just the radio and the TV. But so much of what he does is controlled through those realms. He controls this earth. And we need to fear him. We need to understand that his lies and his manipulation is incredibly powerful second corinthians chapter 11 ties to this and the turn there second corinthians go back 2 corinthians 11 this is the one passage i want you to just always remember I said this in my sunday school class the apostle paul is fighting for the church if you can imagine fighting for the church to listen to him over other false teachers and 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 um he he basically says this in verse 13 second corinthians chapter 11 he's talking about the false teachers he says for such men are false apostles deceitful workers disguising themselves as apostles of christ for no wonder even satan himself disguises himself as an angel of light therefore it is not surprising if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness whose end will be according to their deeds satan is working through these false teachers Again, 26 of the 27 New Testament books warn about false teachers. Please take that as a warning to heighten your awareness. Satan is aggressive. He is aggressive in promoting lies. He will come to your door like they did yesterday at my house. They'll get on TV shows. They will work through our politicians. They will work through all kinds of people. They will work through religious people to promote the satanic lies. Number three, turn to 1 John chapter 5. It's very similar um, to number two, but number three is he controls the world to do evil. 1 John chapter 5. As 1 John is wrapping up this book about that which is genuine versus that which is fake, also giving you assurance of your salvation, whether you're in or you're out. 1 John 5 18 5 18 says we know that no one who is born of god sins practices sin But he who was born of god keeps him and the evil one does not touch him the evil one is satan We know that we are of god and that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one So this morning if you know in your life that you practice sin on a regular basis and there's no pra- Break you need to say wait a second. There's something wrong. Maybe i've been deceived because I'm looking at my life, and I'm, I have been influenced by the evil one. The whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Verse 20, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know whom is true. And we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. And then he says, little children, guard yourselves from idols. Who promotes the idols but Satan? Satan is aggressive, and he, he has the world constantly at war constantly promoting false lies false information but he gets done what he wants done you know god is greater absolutely and i don't understand why god has allowed satan to have this rule and reign like he has but he does and i wish everything would be done and be ended but my goodness if like you tell your children if everyone's doing it don't do it Because you got to be aware, I mean, just just because everyone's doing it, you shouldn't do it either. The whole world lies in his power. That's a pretty explicit statement. And it scares the daylights out of me. So I look at it and I say, how much more I need God. And if it doesn't make you come to your knees, how much more you need God. Then you wake up tomorrow and don't read your Bible. Don't read it tonight. Don't memorize scripture. Just keep on going. But otherwise you read this and get terrified. Because the whole world lies in his power. Number four, number four, he works to destroy people. And again, these all overlap. We've been looking at this. Go back to First Peter, First Peter, chapter five. And I just wanted us to read this one more time. Um, you know, you you go into this where we we say as Peter is wrapping up this book about dealing with hardship, dealing with suffering, standing up to God. For God, standing against the ways of the devil, and he says, verse 8, 1 Peter 5, verse 8, be of sober spirit, be on the alert, your adversary. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour, but resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. And after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who called himself to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself perfect confirm strengthen and establish you god wins in the end but in the meantime we've got to go through this battle and when you see in the end of verse 8 that word to devour he he's looking to destroy you you know if he wants to get you involved in in drugs he will get you involved in drugs you know it's like really big thing to show you know, people like maybe flippantly do it on the internet today where they'll show a celebrity before they did drugs and then after they did drugs. And they show those pictures all the time. And they're horrible. Well, that's, that's satanic. There are people that, that um, there was, there's articles of people that, uh, that are involved in the porn industry. And they talk about how horrible that life is what happens to somebody that is sexually immoral and it just destroys them from the inside out and i was reading an article of just the wickedness of this but it's not portrayed on tv you watch a tv show that you flippantly watch and they talk about oh we're just gonna watch porn and we're just gonna watch the these other people do these other sexual things and it's no big deal my goodness we have got to understand it's all part and parcel of devouring, destroying lives. He doesn't care if he destroys an infant life. My goodness, we've killed close to 60 million babies in the womb. Think about that. But My goodness, Hitler killed 20 million people. We've killed 60 million children. And we've got, we watch our politicians cry and demand that we should have late-term abortions. My goodness, we should have no-term abortions. And Satan doesn't care, and the wars, and the crimes, and the viciousness, and the, and the corruption. He is incredibly active. And if you think he's passive, continue on, and don't open your Bible, and don't get on your knees. But if you believe that he's active and trying to hurt you, hurt your family, he will stop at nothing I, I, you read passages of people who've been tortured, the viciousness of war, and you think to yourself, "Why could man? How could man do any of this to anyone else?" It's because it's satanic. Lastly, not only does he accuse the brethren, not only does he promote spiritual lies, not only does he control the world to do evil, not only is he purposely working to destroy people. But number five, he's striving to control the world through the Antichrist. Now, I, I, I set that up separate. Turn back to Revelation 13. This is the last passage we're going to look at. But it's important that you remember his end game is that he wants everybody to worship him. And building off of the passage that we studied in Revelation 12, the, the very dragon that was talked about in Revelation 12 is being talked about in Revelation 13 and we pick up and it says in chapter 13 of the book of revelation and the dragon stood on the sand of the seashore then i saw a beast coming out of the sea with having 10 horns and 10 heads and i believe this is the final world empire we're not going to go into all the details having 10 horns seven heads and on his horns were 10 diadems on his heads were blasphemous names verse 2 and the beast which i saw was like a leopard And his feet was like those of a bear, and the mouth like the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his his throne and his great authority. This is where the fulfillment of Daniel 7 comes to fulfillment, and all the vicious, ugly-lookingness of man's kingdoms come to fruition, and Satan gives the Antichrist his power. Verse 3: I saw one of his heads as it had been slain, and his fatal wound was healed. And the whole earth was amazed and followed after the beast. They worshipped a dragon because he gave his authority to the beast. We believe the Antichrist is going to fake a execution, a death, and have a resurrection just like Jesus. Why does God allow this? I don't know. But what it does is it allows the dragon, Satan, to give his authority, verse 4, to the beast. And they worship the beast, saying, who is like the beast? Remember, the word Michael from the Old Testament. M, who, ik, sort of like L, God. Who is like God? This is a slam on God. Satan takes it even to this. Who is like the beast? He deserves to be worshiped. He deserves to be worship. Verse 4. And who was able to wage war with him? There was given to him a mouth speaking arrogant words and blasphemies. Things against God. An authority to act for 42 months was given to him. The second half of the tribulation is going to be an incredible time. Where he's going to focus all worship upon himself. And it was given to him to make war with the saints. And overcome them. An authority over every tribe and people and tongue and nation was given to him. What I want you to think about is you know, we deal with all the lies that Satan has done, all the ways he's tried to hurt people. This will become the epitome of it all. I thought about this. It's not just millions. It is billions of people he will have committed to false worship. Billions of people that will die in the seal, trumpet, and bold judgments. And it will almost be like sacrifices to him. He will just enjoy it. You know, everyone's talking about that music guy that died young, Prince. That music guy. And Carl and I were talking about how many, how many maybe um, musicians that have been so popular. And they've actually, somebody of them have said, I've given my soul to the devil. And they laugh about it and then they die early. It's like Satan says, I'm going to take the, their souls early. <laughs> the, when you come to the end of human history... He is going to be working through man like he's never worked before. And it's all because, as you see, he wants people to worship him like God. It'll be the fulfillment of Isaiah 14. I want to be worshipped. He'll be, in essence, saying, I want this worship. This is where human history is going. This is where people are going. And if the tribulation starts tonight, I fear for all the people in this room that are not believers in Jesus Christ that you'll go through it. This is why today is the day of salvation. This is why if you're not someone who's ever given your life to Christ and your your commitment to God has been so flippant that you just don't see anything of your heart given to him, fear. Because the days are short. We don't know how much time we have. We do watch, if anything, our society is, is absolutely moving forward to where now our political leaders are crying out that if you don't let a transgender into a restroom with your little four-year-old girl you are an evil person how wicked could that be and and our population population is not saying boy mr political leader you're 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 evil there's this like saying more more your political leader you're wonderful keep on going let's keep promoting this evil that's where you should put your foot or your finger in the water and say wait a second it's scalding hot These are days that we have never seen in human history. And this should make you aware of how things are getting ready for the rule of the Antichrist. Satan is currently at work. But I say, as I've said before, greater is he that is in you that is in the world. But unless you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you have no hope. You are in his power. There are five works that he's doing. He's accusing the brethren. He's promoting the spiritual lives. We went through ten of them. He's A liar, his very nature is that of a liar. He is someone that is controlling the world to do evil. He is working to destroy people. He is working to bring about his reign through the Antichrist. It's not just going to happen overnight and all of a sudden, wow, the whole world's ready for the Antichrist. He's working. He's been working to develop it. And so today, I want you to leave thinking this. Satan is real. Satan is powerful. He's dangerous. He's so arrogant, he'll go to the upper room. He doesn't care if Jesus is there. He doesn't care if he kills the Son of God. He doesn't care if he destroys you. He destroys your children. He destroys your marriage. He destroys your life. He will ruin every aspect. And you think, I just want to have fun. I just want to enjoy my life. I don't want to get so technical. And I just tell you, then, he's really got you. But if you're really listening, if you've been hearing these words then I just want you to turn to Jesus Christ first before us. Make sure you're born again. And then second, live as if we are in a war and a battle. Don't be like the foolish woman that her hat goes into the tiger den or the lion den and says, oh, I can get it. It's no big deal. Last week I, I told you about the, the um, tiger tamer in Miami who got killed. And you know, they said, if you weren't here, I said, they, they said, the article in the newspaper said, we don't know why the tiger killed the woman. <laughs> it's because tigers kill people. They want to eat people. It's come out this week that the, lion ti- t- t- the, the tiger tamer didn't follow protocol. She didn't do what she was supposed to do to guard herself. Woe be to you if you ignore 1 Peter 5.8. Woe be to you if you decide that this is really insignificant i am hoping that right now god is making you make a commitment to say oh my goodness i need to be more in prayer i need to be more memorizing scripture i need to be more alert as to what satan is doing this is just too dangerous and if you're not concerned then maybe your heart is so hard and cold that you don't care about god and maybe something will tweak in you and you tweak in you and you'll say God give me eyes to see because the day the day exists right now where I just don't see it please let's pray Uh, please God I just pray that someone who doesn't see this will finally see it and understand God you love the world so much that you gave your only begotten son the Lord Jesus Christ we know to die to pay the penalty for our sins that whoever would believe in him should have eternal life father you tell us that unless you draw someone they they cannot come to you and so i'm asking father that today you would draw you would draw the heart of the unbeliever the cold hardened wicked vile desperately wicked heart and give them a new heart That your spirit would open their eyes and they would come forward they would talk to me they talk to carl they talk to anyone but mostly god they 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 just believe and they repent of their sins i pray lord that as we we talk about christ that you see in us people who really want to ascribe to god the glory the might the power because we know that he is stronger we know god that you are stronger that you defeat the evil one But i pray god for this congregation that they live it i fear the power of the evil one how he could deceive me how he can run tv shows and movies and you think it's just it's really not that insignificant it's not that much that i watch this or it's not really that big a deal that i tell this little white lie oh god i pray that all of us fear being like that evil one who was in the garden and the dragon who comes to the end and tries to destroy all of humanity I'm asking, Father, that we have a spiritual awareness and doesn't cause us to a false righteousness, but cause us to draw near to you. In Jesus' name.